everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Iron Ringles podcast. Today I'm speaking with Christine Clemens. She's a uh, civil engineer from Ottawa. When she studied civil engineering, she actually had a goal in mind to be an architect. And then she later relocated to New Zealand and is now pursuing her master's in architecture. And she's going to tell us all about that. One unique thing that we're going to talk about is her experience in fire engineering. So we're going to hear about what that is and what uh, she's been doing in that field. Welcome, Christine. Hi, Mina. Thank you for having me. Thanks for being here. So first, tell us about what made you want to go into civil engineering and did you apply for architecture as well or did you just stick with civil engineering? I originally just wanted to apply straight to civil engineering knowing that I really wanted a good background in design principles and things like that. I never really thought of applying to architecture first. I thought it would be appealing but knowing that um, it's always an opportunity to get into architecture later and it's more of a discipline where it's probably an advantage to have more of a developed viewpoint and art style as well as there is a portfolio component to the entry program into any architecture program so engineering was really appealing to me at that point you know what's funny I actually applied for architecture first and yeah. uh, there's different rounds that you have to go through to get accepted mm. uh, so you first they look at your grades and then they look at your portfolio so there's all these different stages so I got yeah. accepted for my grades but then when it came to my portfolio <laughs> It was a big no, <laughs> so I was like, maybe I'll just stick to oh. engineering. Civil was yeah. actually, because I did civil as well, that was my backup mm. plan. So you then relocated to New Zealand to pursue your Master's of Architecture. Why New Zealand? What what drew you to that location? It actually had nothing to do with architecture at that point. I was actually living in Costa Rica for a bit, and I really like fell in love with surfing. I'm like, I could study architecture anywhere, so I decided like, why not New Zealand? I had to do with deadlines as well. Like I missed the European deadlines um, by a few months. So I was like, okay, I had to find somewhere that was English speaking that had deadlines open. I'm like, okay, why not go from New Zealand to go? So here I am three years later. How are you almost. finding the difference between civil engineering and architecture? Like what stands out for you the most? I guess the focus of each and how each discipline thinks uniquely. Like when I'm given a brief in studio, um, in my studio courses, the lecturers are looking for often more creative out there ideas. They're like they're not looking for anything realistic, which is not true industry at all when studying it's like they're focused on the most out there ideas and I'm like you can't build this you know so you I have that, that engineering of... voice in your head coming out <laughs> yeah exactly so it's a bit of a challenging way that point but when I'm in industry and in, during my work experience that I got so far it's like this is actually super advantageous to have this engineering knowledge and bring that insight to them. It just makes working alongside engineers and architects easier having both both knowledge points. I can imagine, yeah. And do you see yourself more in the engineering world when you get your master's degree? Or do you see yourself more in the architecture world in terms of work? It's uh, a tricky question because at this point, um, my master's thesis actually integrates both um, bioengineering and architecture. So it's like I could really work in either but I feel that in architecture like there's more flexibility and creativity to be had there and that's really why I wanted to go into architecture so I think like I could bring some a lot of value um into 
the architecture world. What does any of this have to do with fire engineering? <laughs> and why do you have experience in fire engineering? Mm, that's such a good question. During my studies, um, one of the lecturers that I had, he specialized in fire engineering. Um, at that time, he was teaching us material sciences and uh, he invited students to come along to these um, lectures that he was doing in a master level for fire engineering. And I'm like, what is this all about? You know, it sounds so interesting. During that lecture that I got to sit in on, there is this guy talking about um, how is he working with alongside architects and when one particular experience he had he was um, working with this um, particular architect on this feature wall and the fire engineer he said to him you'll have to have a door in it you know for escape and this architect just was miffed and baffled and angry at him and would not have it with him and I'm like well if a fire engineer had that much say over design well it has to be like you know it's a governing thing I didn't realize it at the time so knowing with the end goal that I wanted to be a designer like an architect I thought you know why not understand what has the most say within a structure like I thought I would go into structural engineering thinking yeah I'll understand structures a lot more this way but it, it turns out fire engineering has a lot of say over a building or any built design it's just you know has to have life safety like any design has to have life safety life safety and fire engineering incorporated within it for it to be passed so that's what led me down the road of fire engineering some of the projects that we work on uh, obviously, I see that architects have the background and knowledge of the fire codes and in their drawings, you know, they have like their design has to follow the fire codes, right? Um, yeah. I didn't know there was fire engineers. And I think especially for more complicated projects like we were working on, like, you know, maybe three story, four story buildings, but when they get more complicated, it completely mm. makes sense to have a fire engineer as a consultant on the team. I see that you had, you know, experience in civil and then architecture and then fire engineering. How does it feel to go into these new disciplines? It's pretty nerve wracking on the first day, really. It's like they throw projects at you and it was sort of in the deep end. They, from my experiences, I've never felt like I've had the adequate knowledge going into them, even though I have all this background. It's like you only learn so much at uni, like the bare basic principles that you then have to apply in the real world project. I find the biggest gap for me was like, how do I go about doing this? Like, how do I actually approach these real world problems? So it feels like I have this imposter syndrome that I'm going to be found out. And, you know, how, how do I deal with that? You know, like, I feel like a fraud sometimes, especially with fire engineering. There's so many unknowns that you just don't mm. know about. And figuring that out is sometimes such a, a long process. You know, sometimes it's six months, sometimes it's five years. And it can feel, mm. and I sympathize with that, how uh, you could feel kind of lost in the process. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. Yeah, I get that feeling. And I think it's it's pretty normal, especially for someone that, you know, likes to explore different fields and see, you know, what they like and what they don't like. Um, so I think that is kind of very normal, but clearly it hasn't stopped you from doing what you want to mm. do, which is amazing. From your experience, what advice do you think uh, anybody who's listening to this podcast would benefit from? Lifelong learning is something that I really value, not necessarily just like learning within your field, but other fields as well. Like it's super advantageous, I think, from my point of view and my experience that it's beneficial to have different knowledges of different areas, even if it's cultures or different things totally outside of engineering. I think that just brings in diversity into the field, like really helps you and your colleagues to understand more of who you're serving in the end, because ultimately engineering is for the public and understanding their needs and where they come from, I think is really good as well. Oh, I love that. Do you think moving from a country like Canada to New Zealand 
has that helped you gain insight in different cultures? Has that helped, has moving helped you be better at your work? I think so. Like particularly New Zealand, like Canada, it's quite multicultural. Um, it has, well, I'm living in Auckland, so I can only speak um, for that primarily. Like it has a lot of island cultures. Like I've never heard of Samoa before, be, before I came here. Like this is a tiny island that um, there's a huge population of um, people from and different demographics as well um, than we have in North America. And have you had any, in your process of doing your undergrad degree and your master's degree, have you worked in the field as well? Or has it been mostly studying and, and finishing up your degrees up until now? Mm. When I was doing engineering, not so much. I find that was just really consuming all around. But during my undergrad, and grad here, I had the experience of working as a fire engineer here, which was really eye-opening into the codes and how they work in this culture. And as a building enclosure engineer um, during my master's studies. So those really unique experiences. Do you see yourself going more towards the fire engineering route or the architecture route? Um, what in What's interesting you more and why? I don't really know yet. Like it's, yeah, it's a hard one. Like, I want to yeah. do so many options. I just don't really want to close any doors at the moment, yeah. but I feel like I'll just time will tell where, where yeah. I find myself. Yeah. That's amazing. And thank you so much for sharing your unique experience. I think maybe people, when you say civil engineering, people don't realize what options are out there. And you went from mm. civil to architecture to fire engineering and that's a pretty unique pathway like a career path and um, yeah. I'm glad that you shared that story so people know that option is out there if they are studying yeah. civil um, and not just where they live halfway across the world as well <laughs> you know so tell us some more about um, fire engineering and what somebody can expect from going into fire engineering I think there's different op options open within fire engineering and where you can go like for myself I found myself in this really unique role working as a life safety and fire engineer in this position that I felt super unqualified for and I also think that no matter what um, direction you go with in fire engineering there's a big gap, like massive gap from what you learn in uni to what you find yourself doing on the field. Like in uni, I only had a couple of papers that I took that were available at the time that could prepare me for fire engineering. And, the, and they provided me with the basic principles of how that worked. But on the job, I didn't know how to use the codes. I didn't know where to even look in within the code to find any necessary information. And the projects I was working on were um, by nature really critical and had all these different fields incorporated within them. So I felt like I was super unqualified to do any of it. So you, there was a huge gap for you between what you studied at university mm. and what you actually ended up doing yeah. at work. And you kind of felt, I would say, unprepared. Yeah, um, I think. And then by nature, fire engineering is just a, such a new field and it's experimental. And I think that having a mentor on the job that like, because it's a primarily a mentorship um, job in its nature, um, that it's super important to have someone who's willing to take the time to actually get to help you grow and is interested in your growth. And I was really fortunate to have that. Yeah, they're willing to explain things and sit me aside once every couple of weeks and ask how things are going. Do you need more attention on these things? Do you, what Are you happy working on these sorts of jobs? What can we do more for you? Are you understanding everything? And I think the job that I had was quite unique. Uh, it was a life safety job as well. So I didn't I had not just to do with fire, but different situations that were really unprecedented, designing things for underground tunnel systems that were half constructed at the time. And it's just like, there's no code for this. How do you do it? How do you go about doing it? Wow. Or nuclear or nuclear power plants. So it's just something that 
I felt very fortunate to be a part of, but at the same time, very intimidated by the by the nature of it. Wow, that's amazing experience you have on, on you. That's uh, very valuable. And when it's yeah. such a niche skill that you have, like knowing specific codes for a specific application, that's such a valuable mm. asset, right? Like oh, you yourself yeah. are now a valuable asset that companies will just like grab onto because of mm. that knowledge and experience that you've gained. That's incredible. Yeah, it's super powerful having that. I feel like not even like, not only the, the knowledge of those codes, but like how to actually go about the process of solving unique problems like this is super interesting as well. Like it's not only the si- like knowing the codes, but like the science that goes behind it. It's exactly. yeah. yeah. Where to use it, when way. to use it, how to use it. I'm really happy you shared your experience and thank you for being on the podcast and I wish you all the best. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. Thanks everybody for listening. Keep an eye out for new episodes of the Ironing Girls podcast where we share different experience in the field of engineering. I'll see you next time.